0: We, uh, last week we began looking at chapter 11 of Matthew and we actually went through uh, verse 19. We looked at how uh, John, that now Jesus now, the early days of his ministry uh, where the great crowds have come and, and, and uh, the, the works that he's done and the uh, tremendous things. What has happened now is that the, the, the religious crowd and the persecution has, has come to the forefront now. John the Baptist has been arrested and thrown in prison. And, uh, and now the religious leaders are, are gunning for Jesus. So in the beginning of the chapter, John sends his disciples to just to, to, to confirm and, and uh, reaffirm that Jesus was the Messiah that God promised. And indeed, Jesus tells them, go back and tell John that uh, all the things the prophet said would happen. The blind would see, the lame would walk, the deaf would hear, the dead would be raised back to life. That you've witnessed. And as they went back, Uh, then Jesus turns to the to the to the people that are there and knowing that they may have been saying well why is John is John's faith weak why is John now he's been out there preaching why does he want to know if you're really the one one thing we didn't mention is that Isaiah had two times or the old testament at least twice had also mentioned that part of the ministry of the Messiah would be that he would open the doors of the prison he would set the captives free and indeed we we, we've heard singing about that this morning. You, there's a lot more ways of being in prison rather than just being behind iron bars. John was behind iron bars, but, uh, and so he may have been wanting to remind Jesus, hey, what about this freedom thing? But Jesus then tells the people, he, he commends John to them and says, there's not ever been a greater prophet than John the Baptist. And uh, he, is, he is indeed the one that God said he would send before. And then as Jesus said that, he turns to the people in verse 16 of the chapter 11. And he, and he, and he, and he says, you know, what's he going to liken this generational people to? And he uses a little child's ditty song. Uh, and he's, he's, he's basically saying, John came as a prophet and you didn't accept him. And I came as a Messiah and you didn't accept me. So he said, we're not because we're not playing the game the way you think it ought to be played. You've rejected us. And we're going to pick up at verse 20 because Jesus, at the same time, then Jesus begins to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done. Now, notice this. This was called the, uh, our, our since that day, I guess, it had been called the evangelism triangle. Because in the, in the, in the towns of Chorazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum, Jesus traveled extensively. And here the, the gospel writer tells us that, that Jesus did probably more miracles in these three towns than any other place. But there was a problem. And, I, and this really speaks to me. He says he, he, he upbraids them because they repented not. Now listen to what he says. Verse 21, he says, Woe unto thee, Chorazin! Woe to thee, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, They would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, I shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, which are exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which had been done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But this I say unto you, that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. Strong words, strong words. And the thing that struck me is that in these cities, in Chorazin and Bethsaida and Capernaum, they weren't outwardly uh, attacking Christ. They weren't, they weren't, we don't see them stoning him and and, and running him out of their towns. We don't see them seeking to crucify him. They just simply ignored him or disregarded him they saw what he'd done they saw the mighty works that he'd done and jesus and sharing this looks at him and he said and seeing all that god has done and hearing all that god has done as being a witness to all that god has done it left you unchanged it left you untouched oh i thought man lord please don't let us ever be a people That would see the Spirit of God moving, that would know and witness the great works that you've done, the healings that you've done, the changed lives you have done, the the healing that you have brought to brokenness and bondages that you've set free. Don't ever let that leave us unchanged. Wow, there's such a danger to that. What about you? Sometimes we've we, we prayed and different ones pray, Lord, every Sunday we come and we come because we love you. We come sometimes because we're drawn. Sometimes we may not know why we've come. Sometimes our wife is dragging us or our, our, our parents are dragging us, but ultimately we're here. And it's my prayer that every Sunday that we don't leave the way we came in. I don't want to leave the same. I want to I I witness what God is doing. I want to see what God is doing. I want to hear and see what he's been done and how faithful he is. He can do that. Don't be complacent when it comes to God's word and the Lord. Jesus continues now. And he, and he, he says this. And at, the, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hid these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for it seems good in your sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. I read this and I thought, wow. Listen to what Jesus is saying about the, the oneness of him and the Father. Listen to what he's saying about the communion and the communication between him and the Father. He, he, in this relationship, he's saying that that God and he's saying being my, fa- my Father are the same. And he says this over and over. He says, if you, if you love my Father, you love me. If you love me, you love the Father that sent me. It's all about relationships with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus came to do is to, is to provide a way for them to be and to be a part of and to be in relationship and fellowship with the creator God. You see, these people, many of the people that Jesus was speaking to, um, believed in, in Jesus. They, 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 they saw him like John and they, they, they wanted everything within them Said, he's the one. He's the one. Put, you know, put your trust in him. But they were stressed to the max, and they were getting more stressed. The religious leaders of Jesus' day, the Pharisees, had miraculously managed to take the 10 commandments that God gave to Moses there on Mount Sinai, and they had been able to simplify that down into over 600 rules and regulations. Uh, They probably worked for the IRS then. No, I'm just messing with you with that. But But they had taken these commandments of God and they had made a, a list of rules, do's and don'ts, to follow. And, and if the people were being worn out trying to just check all the do's and avoid all the don'ts. You know, that can happen to us today in our lives. If we're seeking a relationship with Christ and with God through religion. Religion will wear you out and get you no closer to a relationship with God. Jesus really does simplify him with these instructions that he's fixing to give. And, and if you find yourself this morning stressed to the max, I wanted to, I wanted to title this message, Rest for the Stressed. Um, and I knew that my wife would really amen that and say, you need to listen to your own words, brother. Uh, <laughs> And she's, she's right. She's right. Because we can, we can wear ourselves out. But if you find yourself this morning maybe stressed with life. If you find yourself um, needing to, uh, you know, even with religious stuff. Even the stuff that should be part of a natural relationship with our Heavenly Father. And, it's, and some, for some reason it's become a... A burden a drudgery a chore well that's that's where these that's where these people that's where it it gotten them to and now Jesus shares with them what I think are are three rules you may want to jot these down they're just three simple rules of finding his rest and he mentions that several times in these last three verses of chapter 11 and that's where I want to deal with the rest of the time this morning Jesus says he's talking about relationships and uh and he, he starts with that by saying, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. The first thing he said is come to Jesus. Now today, sometimes you may have, uh, you may have actually been a part of a come to Jesus meeting, all right? Uh, sometimes I've, I've heard parents say, we had to have a come to Jesus meeting at our house last night. I knew what they meant. And uh, there's been a time or two, uh, Barbie may not have said that same words, but it was one of those times that that it's it's time time for a serious conversation. And not just a conversation to be talking and to be listening, but a conversation that results in change. And Jesus says the first thing you need to know is you need to come to me. Now, Jesus is talking about a life-changing encounter with him. With him. Do you know him? And the interesting thing, as he said, is that Jesus' invitation is an invitation to him for rest. It's not an invitation to a program, but a person. Now, let me finish before you jump to conclusion. Jesus doesn't say if you need rest, come to church more. He didn't say if you need rest, even read your Bible more. He didn't say if you need rest, even pray more. All those three things are very, very important and essential. But the most important starts with coming to him. Do you know him? Have you surrendered your life to him? Have you given him ownership of your life? Have you come to him and surrendered and said, Lord, I'm yours. What, 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 there, what there is left, I'm yours. I belong to you. Are there areas in your life this morning that you find out of control and you you, you can't get a handle on them? There may be this. We live in a world of stress, issues dealing with families, mercy, issues dealing with finances. Wow. Issues dealing with relationships. And you, you find yourself just almost overwhelmed. And in the midst of all that, Jesus offers rest and peace. And it sounds so good. And I know that some, oftentimes when you hear these words or when you hear somebody talking about it, you dare think, well, that's, maybe that's possible for them. But surely that, I don't think, I don't know if I'll ever see that again. This uh, dealing with some with minor, minor. Some of y'all have had so much more physical issues. I look at Tom and the surgeries. Then I've just been dealing with some minor things the last couple of months. And, and they, they tend chronic Pain, for, and, and I'm, some of you are saying, "Yeah, you, now I find you understand what I've been telling you. Chronic pain can wear you down. You know, you don't rest at night. You, you can't rest. You, uh, you know, I, it's, it made me, it's, Charlie War used to say, you don't know what's in your bucket till it gets kicked over. And uh, we, were set, we were sitting with, uh, celebrating with Zach and Nicole. You didn't get here in time to put your anniversary money in. Yesterday was their sixth anniversary. You can come after service and do that. But we were we were enjoying an anniversary dinner with them uh, yesterday evening, and uh, and I was just I said something I shouldn't have said, and uh, and I, I apologized and I tried to excuse. I said you know who I am I said this this pain is I am grouchy when I am not feeling good. I am so grouchy and I realized that sounds so lame, it, it really does. But I understand I understand this wearing down, and if if, if physically. If physically we can get worn down like that, how much more when the pain is spiritual and emotional and we find ourselves in that bondage, we find ourselves locked in. I wonder, I told somebody, I wonder if I'll ever know how to walk normal again, you know? a Gimpy knee on this side a bad back on this side and you don't, you, and I wonder, will you ever walk normal? And sometimes you may be here this morning and you're wondering, will I ever Will I ever feel that, that relationship with God like I did when I first got saved again? Will I ever be normal, that relationship with him again? Jesus says you can. You can, have, you can find rest, he says, for your soul. And it starts with coming to him. David, the writer of, of Psalms, I think can identify a, a, a lot of ways. He was a man that... Uh, his experiences—I mean, from being, from being hunted down on the wanted poster Saul had posted all up everywhere—to uh, to seeing God work through him tremendous miracles with of of Goliath, to falling uh, uh, falling victim to his own lust and sexual desires and committed adultery, and then falling out by murder and lying and deceit. And David, oftentimes, I believe, was at to the point of. stress Stress would be a mild word for it despair overwhelming despair I think he puts it this way in Psalm 61 too listen at what it says he says from the ends of the earth will I cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed lead me to the rock that is higher than I am he used overwhelmed hey I'm drowning here I'm drowning here, and I can't, and the waters are covering me up. I'm overwhelmed. The the, the stress, the pressure, the desires, all this stuff, it's more than I can bear. And David, when that happened, he realized that he cried out for God to lead him to a place of safety, and a place of security, and a place of a sure foundation to the rock that's higher than he. We call that our rock is Jesus, right? We talk about rock of ages. We're talking about Jesus that never changes, He's the same, Hebrews says, yesterday, today, and forever. And if he's the Jesus and if he's the God that could rescue David out of the, 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 the hands of the enemy, if he's the God that can go in the fiery pit with the Hebrew children, if he's the God that can go in the lion's den with Daniel, he's a God that can go where you and I and they are today. And he wants us to see him and know him and respond to him. Amen. That's our God. He loves us. And Jesus said, hey, if you're tired, if you're stressed, if you're worn out, come to me. And the invitation is to bring him all our cares, bring him all our stress, and give them to him. And what does he do with them? The next verse tells us, he says, take my yoke upon you. Now, I realize, I, we, you know, we're North Georgia and everybody knows what a yoke is. But for the sake of anybody that might be young, I, I'm, sometimes we mention to our grandkids and they don't know what a record is, you know, and uh, I, I'm amazed. But so I've got a picture of yoke, got a couple of pictures. A yoke in Jesus' day, a, a yoke had a couple of meanings. But, but, the, but the second meaning relied on the first. This was the first meaning. It was the first natural one. It's the wooden harness that goes around their necks of, of oxen. Our are, are animals and and they they put it on these animals and what it does it com- it, it multiplies it combine, combines the strength and the power and the ability of both of them to work in one direction it yoked them together and and they pulled in one direction now uh, Jesus invites us to himself and to be yoked with him there's a, there's another picture and I, and I asked Craig to show this and a little bit differently. Uh, stories told of a a farmer that had a couple of oxen yoked together and they were unequally yoked. One was, as you can see the one on the right there looks a little bit older and bigger and stronger. And the one on the left looks a little bit younger and dumber and wilder. (laughs) And uh, the uh, the neighbor passing by went up to the farmer and said, hey, what are you doing? I've noticed you've got your, your, your stock yoked up but uh, I don't understand this. And the farmer said, Oh, let me explain. He said, the, he said the, the, the younger ox is the best young ox I've got. But he's young, he's impulsive, he's not trained. And if I turn him loose or if I yoked him up with another ox like him, they would destroy everything I've got. But you see what I do? He said, I put this young, good ox and I yoke him to the best ox I've got, the older and the wiser one. And he said, He learns from the older and wiser one. They'll be be pulling a plow or doing whatever. And he said, a bird may fly by. And the younger ox sees a bird. And he's over here. And he's ready to take off. And the older ox, the yoke pulls him back. So he stays hitched to the older oxen. And he learns. I thought, wow. Now, in Jesus' day, Jesus, I believe, they understood the yoke of the oxen. But also, yoke had come to, to represent being uh, associated with the teaching of a rabbi. The rabbis talked about yoking themselves to God's law uh, and, and instead of worldly cares. And, a, and a, oftentimes a rabbi would take a younger wa- rabbi uh, or someone that's training like Ty, is trying to train for the rabbi and they would bring them alongside them. They would yoke together and they would learn of this other, of this teacher and master. They would learn his ways. They would be a, almost like an apprentice to him. And indeed, in Galatians chapter 5, Paul warns us about being yoked to religious rules. He says, stand fast therefore in their liberty, who are with Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again, look at this, with a yoke of bondage. See, we can get, and, and that's where the people were. The people were stressed. The people were tired. The people were actually wearing themselves out, even trying to do the right thing because they were yoked. To this yoke of bondage that didn't bring liberty and didn't bring freedom. And we can do that. And we can do that with good intentions. But Jesus knows that we wear ourselves out when we try to become right before God in anything we can do. That's the song Mercy said no. It's grace. It's God's grace. And Jesus said, first of all, when you find yourself stressed to the max and you need rest, he said, come to me. He said, take my yoke, and what would he do? Look what he says. He said, take my yoke and learn of me. Learn of me. Wow. What does learning of us, learning of him do? There's several places, both in the Old and New Testament, that talks to us about bringing our burdens to him and letting him bear part of that. In Psalms 55:22, he says, cast your burden upon the Lord. And he'll sustain you. He'll never suffer the righteous to be moved. And the word cast there is the same word that's used many times. And it's the, same, it's the thing of throwing a ball. It's not like casting a rod and reel and winding it back in. That's what we do a lot, right? We cast our burdens on the Lord and we just keep a tight line and bring them back in. We cast them on the Lord. I know. I know we can do that. But the picture is he's wanting to throw those things to him. Let him have them. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. And I use this verse a lot on our Wednesday night prayer cards. He says, casting all your care upon him, upon Christ. Why? Because he cares for you. Now, I, I know a lot of you have read in Amplified Bibles. or you, you, you know, The Amplified Bible can take one word and make a line out of it. But it's just, it, it, it expands it it amplifies it. I just want you to look at the Amplified version of this one word. Cast all your care upon him for he cares for you. Casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on him. For he cares about you. How does he care about you? With deepest affection. And he watches over you very carefully. Does that sound like a Jesus that you know loves you? Does that sound like a Jesus that you want to know better? Does that sound like a Jesus that you want to come to? That you want to yoke yourself to? And that you want to learn of? Well, the question begs itself. Okay, Jerry. I'm, I'm trying to follow this here. Okay. Uh, I, I, maybe it's a little stress there. Blood pressure up just a little bit. We got words for it now. Blood, uh, hypertension, uh, high blood pressure. I mean, there's a lot of the things that can cause it, but we're just, we're, just, we're just bombarded with things around us and with the world and with lies of the world and lies of the enemy. And sometimes with good intention, but misplaced guidance from people that, that know the Lord. And sometimes we just get, you know, it's like with this, all this noise, and Jesus says, well, when you're hearing all the noise, when you're hearing all the noise, remember two things, three things. First of all, let all the noise go and come to me. Come to me. Just crawl up in my lap. Just crawl up in my lap. Take my yoke upon you. Because his yoke is what? What's his yoke? It's lowly. He says, he says, "My yoke is easy. Take my yoke upon oh, you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. My yoke is easy." He says in verse thirty, "It's easy," and he said, "Learn of me." So the question begs itself: Well, what do we learn from him? What does the young oxen learn from the older oxen? The wiser, the stronger. Everything. <laughs> everything. We can learn everything. From him as we we're yoked to Jesus, we bring him the good, we bring him the bad, we bring him the ugly, and with it he takes, puts on his shoulders, and he gives us rest and he gives us his peace. The Christian life, I've heard Daryl say this so oftentimes, is about relationship, not rules. Relationship, not rules. What is that? Is it outback that says no rules? Is that the outback commercial? I, I wondered, always wondered, I don't want to go there. Uh, but I thought, no, it was, Jesus wants us to come to him and realize it's relationship. The problem in Jesus' day with that a lot of people was wearing people out is there were so many daggone religious rules. Nobody could keep all of them, man. And it seemed like everybody was going around looking to see who was and who wasn't keeping them. Listen to what Zondervan commentary says about this Verse. It says, as complicated as life may become, <laughs> yours may be simple, yours may be complicated with a capital C, yours may be complicated with bold 15 font, you yeah. as complicated as life may become, discipleship at heart simply means walking with Jesus in the real world and having him teach us moment by moment how to live life his way. Wow, that sounds a lot simpler than keeping a bunch of do's and don'ts, doesn't it? And, and we, we learn what his way is like in his word. That's important. That's, we learn more about him. You know, the WWJD, what would Jesus do? Well, we see him in so many situations in his word and we learn, we, we learn he would react this way. This is what Jesus would do. He would be loving. He'd be forgiving. He'd be kind. He'd be meek. He'd be lowly. He'd be strong when he needed to be strong. But he cared. Find yourself walking with Jesus. We listen to, we read his word, we pray, we talk to him. And we listen when, he, when we talk, we want to listen. Have you ever been in a one-sided conversation? <laughs> yeah, it's possible, yeah. And, uh, and uh, that can be frustrating. Don't let our prayer time with, with God and with Christ Become one-sided with us to tell him. He wants us to come to him. He wants us to bring our cares. He wants us to bring our burdens. But don't just run in there and dump them. I've done that, been there. But I've enjoyed the most. and I've got the most out of it when I took them to him and said, okay, what do I do now? They're yours. Can't handle it. Can't handle the stress. Can't handle the pressure. But I want to learn what you want me to learn while I'm here. And you listen. We learn of him a relationship with Jesus brings rest for the stressed give him your goals give him your calendar give him your burdens give him your relationships give him your plans now I, I never have a problem giving him my burdens and I, I like to give him my counter. That thing is pretty flexible anyway. I will say, okay, Lord, this, whatever, you know, I, this is what I've got planned today, but I want to be open to you. But sometimes I think we're afraid to give him our plans. And I think we do that out of a lack of trust and out of a lack of understanding of who he is. Because it goes something like this. If I give him my plans, what if his plans are different than my plans? Huh? And I'd I'd much rather just ask him to bless the plans that I've got (laughs) than just to give him a blank check with my life and say, here I am. What plans have you got for me? Come to Jesus. Take his yoke. Trust him. Trust him. Learn of him. And you'll find his rest. Rest. Three, at least here in verse 28, I'll give you rest. Verse 29, rest. Verse 30, yoke is easy, his burden light. I want to close with a couple, of three verses from the Old Testament book of Isaiah. And uh, there's, there's, such, there's, such, uh, there's such strength in the truth of God's word. And these words I use a lot. Isaiah chapter 40 it says he gives power to the faint and through him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. Now, those of you, you know, we talk about. I talk about it's not the years, but it's the mileage. It's probably just a joke, but uh, but I look around at all these young young whippersnappers and and I watch them just. Now nah, they can wear me out just watching what they can do, you know. And to think, we we'll, we'll, was looking at two, some kids on the playground one day this week with somebody, and uh, he said. Uh, don't you wish you could do that? And I thought, gosh, if I could, you know, I don't know if I wish I could do all of that, or not, but it would be just a little better. But you look and you look at this and you realize that life can wear us out. We get tired, we get weary, and no matter how young and strong we are, we can be worn down physically or we can be worn down spiritually, emotionally. He says there's gonna come a time when even the strength that we Assume and presume upon there is going to fail. What do we do then? Look what it says. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Wow. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Sounds like a pretty good invitation, doesn't it? it really does this morning if you're here and you don't know this Jesus that I've been sharing about that we've been looking at in in this 11th chapter of Matthew I'd love to introduce you to him I'd love to introduce I don't want you to know just about him but he wants you to know him Uh, I was trying to think of the conversation. Oh, uh, Jerry Farner. Jerry Farner was, was talking to me for a service and Jerry had been down to uh, Ace and Flora, Brants, And Ace and Flora are going through a lot of things physically now. They're members of her church and they're taking care of his sister. Ace's got physical issues. Flora's dealing with cancer issues. And, and their life is wrapped up around that appointment thing. And Jerry went down there this week and was looking at some gutter work and after first service, Jerry came to me and he said, we were talking and, and uh, I mentioned to him, I said, well, you know, AC is, is pretty, he's pretty, um, uh, what was the word I used? Where, where you don't share things out, pretty tight with his, with his, with his self. I said, he's a lot like the foreigners, you know. They don't tell you when things are going on or you don't know what's going on in their life. And he said, yeah, but he said, after three hours, he said, I went down to do a gutter examination. He said, after three hours, he said, I guess he opened up me and I opened to him and we know each other. You see, that's what Jesus is wanting with you. If you've never trusted him as your savior, scripture tells us he knows all about us and he loves us anyway. Now you can't get much better than that. Quit quit trying to hide your faults. He's aware of them. (laughs) Quit trying to pretend you're so super spiritual. He knows where we are. And just come to him like you are because you won't leave that way after you've met him. He'll do the change. He'll do the change. And this morning, it's so easy. It's, it's so easy as Christians to find ourselves, where we're, 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 we're trusting, we're believing, but then all of a sudden, it's a combination and we're trusting and we're believing and we're trying. And, and I'm one of those that believe in doing all you can, but knowing that you can't do enough, you need to trust in him. But sometimes we do all that and we, we, try to, we catch ourselves glancing over here at the side of the list and do's and don'ts. Or we catch catch ourselves over here stressed and we know that's that's a lack of trust or a lack of place in their trust in him. And you have to jerk back. It's It's like that yoke of the big oxen. We get jerked back. We're wanting to follow this bird over here and the big oxen say, no, learn of me. Trust me. And if that's you this morning, it's my prayer that you would find that Rest. For the stress, let's pray. Father, this morning you truly are a great God, and you're a good God, Lord Jesus. Uh, in this scripture that we've looked at today, uh, Jesus started off with just warning us: don't don't just be tolerant of your word; don't just be tolerant of Christ. The cities that he did these works in were tolerant, and yet they all passed away because they didn't repent. And Jesus had strong words. judgment against them then he talks us about relationship with his father and he tells us then that the relationship the way we have that kind of a relationship the relationship he has with you the way we have that kind of relationship with him and then with God our father is by these three things coming to Jesus taking his yoke and learning Father that's that's, I believe that's the desire of, of every believer in here And yet we understand that sometimes we find ourselves overwhelmed, even as David did. Sometimes we have to come back to the truth of your word and realize that we get weary and that we'll fall, but we need to wait on you if we want to fly again, if we want to run again, and if we want to walk again. Father, speak to hearts right now that, and just those that are crying out to you, those that are needing to feel that burden lifted. And then, God, I want to pray this morning for those that are here that have heard this. Maybe this kind of sums up as something that they would long for, but they think it's just religious stuff. And this morning, your Holy Spirit wants them to come to you and know you. They want, you want them to come to you first and foremost. If that's you this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I would encourage you right now, cry out to him, God, I need you. I need you. I can't do this life thing. I mess it up. The more harder I try, it seems like the the worse it gets. I've tried it on my own. I can't do it. And Lord, I'm not living for now. I want to live for eternity. I need you to forgive me of my sins. And Lord, I'm giving you carte blanche. I'm giving you a blank check in my life. Your way. Your way. Do with me what you want to do with what's left in my life. Because I want your rest and your peace. Thank you, Lord. Amen.